inside word on all things business in the capital. With Quinovic. Better systems, better reporting, better call. Quinovic. 0800 Quinovic. It's time to talk business with New Zealand Herald business editor at large, Liam Dan. Good morning, Liam. G'day, Nick. It seems there's been a bit of backlash to poor old Adrian Orr getting another term as Reserve Bank Governor. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah he's, well, look, whatever you think of uh, uh, him as a person, he's, he's certainly uh, become a bit of a political football. I was going to... Um, I was going to use the term Mexican standoff, but apparently we don't use that anymore. Um, uh, you know, there, there, there are views, strong views on, on, on both sides about the performance of the bank. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting the passion that is about on it. I think, um, you know, with, with some of the um, former Reserve Bank staff and some of the, the uh, uh, economists, it, it, it's, it is that sort of stuff you get within an industry. It's a, it's a bit more than just um, uh, pure monetary policy. There's an issue with um, some of them have an issue with his style and the way um, uh, he, he runs the bank compared to the way it used to be run. Um, but yeah, it, it has escalated into a, into a real political stout because you've got the situation where he um, has now been appointed for five years, which which is normal, um, except that um, you've got the National Party who who are quite critical, ACT Party very critical of the performance, um, and just uh, you know there was an argument there that maybe we should have gone for one year, but then if, if you go for a one-year appointment and you're effectively saying that, that, that uh, if National wins, they get to appoint the uh, Reserve Bank Governor, and that that then seems a bit political too. So yeah. I don't know. I, I wonder if the um, you know there was it, it was the timing wasn't great. Uh, we've got a review coming out tomorrow, which will be internal with some independent advisors. But um, I just think um, maybe uh, you know it, it probably wasn't great timing to, to rush that out. Liam, have you ever met Adrian? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I get on very well with Adrian. I was going to say you could, you can't help but like the guy personally. I've only met him once, and I thought he was like thoroughly uh, entertaining. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's got a um, a very direct style. He, he he says what he thinks. He's entertaining. He's fun. He's a nice guy. Um, he, he he took an a- attitude to the bank when he came in that he he was sort of. Um, reforming the structure of the bank, and and I can see why that would, um, you know, it, it, it's got him offside with some of the the, the traditionalists. Um, but I think it's important to separate, um, you know, some of that stuff uh, from the absolute monetary, um, yes. you know, how we assess our post COVID. Now it'd be interesting to see this report on Thursday, um, but maybe, you know, look, I think we're 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 Christopher Luxon and Nicola Willis maybe have a point is that given. The, the the strong feelings on either side. An independent review, this one, the, the one on Thursday is, is, is sort of controlled by the bank to some extent. Um, an independent review might have been a, a, a good idea. You know, Liam, I also, I saw an interview and I can't remember the guy's name, so this is a bit ignorant, you may or may not, but there, there was a new economist that was sort of this bright light that brought into the Reserve Bank. I saw an interview about six months ago on him and I thought, oh, that's going to be the next uh, Reserve Bank governor. I can see that. Now, uh, he probably feels now that 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 it obviously not going to be him. Well, I mean, under normal circumstances, um, you know, <laughs> Graham Wheeler didn't stay too long. Alan Bollard, you know, it, it'd be nice to have um, stability and and have uh, you know a ten year run of, of a Reserve Bank governor. Um, but you know, it just it is it is it's just sort of a sign of the highly political. Um, uh, environment we're in around things like inflation and the economy right now, and I guess um, 
I, I'd like, you know, I, ideally, um, I'd like to see, um, you know, uh, Adrian and, and, and Chris Luxon and, and Nicola Willis sort of get together and have a chat about things and um, maybe maybe they could get to the same page um, you know, if we're assuming that uh, they may well be the government. Um, yes. uh, assuming, assuming. Yeah. Uh, you wrote yesterday that the Prime Minister is right, that banks have in fact made too much money. Yeah, like I probably... <laughs> It's it's a, it's a bold bold uh, call a bold bold intro and headline. If you read through it, I'm, I'm a bit more circumspect than that. I certainly certainly not a big big on bank bashing. I do believe in um, their right to make a profit, and I'm not a not a fan of windfall taxes and so on. But I guess the point is, putting aside whether the prime minister is being a bit of a political opportunist, which is I guess her job um, uh, around the timing of this, uh, is that you know we did. To, to whatever extent you agree or disagree with, stimulate the economy to, to, to prop it up through COVID. Um, we poured money in, and that money has gone in through the banks, um, through uh, increased savings, and through the housing market, and effectively come out the other side. So, we've, we've, we've uh, as taxpayers, funded the um, the costs and the risks around COVID, and the profits have all gone out the other side, as so often happens. Um, I, I, my view is that. Um, yeah, there is, um, you know, the things we could do to actually have more competition in the market probably uh, point back to the government. And um, uh, so, you know, you'd be a bit careful if you're the Prime Minister complaining about it because the, you, you have the power to actually do something about it. I don't know that you can sort of necessarily blame the banks for, for making money when it's on the table. I think it's, uh, you know, probably what they're always going to do. Something that really interests me, Liam, and I really, I mean, I'm hoping that you're an expert on it because I'm sure you are, but one of the th- ideas that, when you, because we're talking of banking, that's been swirled around a bit in the moment, and it's it's in an Australia, it's in an Aus- in, a, in England, and it's in an America. Is this open banking? Now I can I'm old enough to remember when sort of open tele telecommunications service changed when you could swap over by a, a phone call. How compare banking to it? Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit like that. So yeah, it gets pretty complicated on the IT side, but but you know you're looking at sort of blockchain type technology, uh, the stuff that makes cryptocurrencies work. But what it does is it allows um, you to condense all your data, so all your banking data and transactions. And governments in the UK and progressively in Australia uh, are saying, well, you own that data. The bank doesn't own that data. And they have to provide it to you. And and they can provide it now because of the technology. Um, And as soon as you have that data, it opens the way, it makes it a lot easier to um, shift banking providers. And what you're starting to see in the UK, it is a slow burn, um, you know, uh, but you can have um, you know, anyone, you know, like your major KiwiSaver funds, you could even have the warehouse or anyone you trust could run uh, the front end of the banking, you know, because the, ba- and, and so you'd almost be creating a, a sort of uh, a new re- retail tier to banking and, and the big banks would, would run the wholesale end and have retail arms, but you could you could see a lot of competition. Now, it's not moving really fast in the UK because people are, are a bit cautious about shifting banks. So I wouldn't say it was a, an overnight uh, solution, but it would be nice to see New Zealand getting on board and um, getting things underway. I think we will. We're just, we are dragging the chain a bit. So, um, Liam, can I just ask you so that our punters can get an idea of it? So I could go into the warehouse this afternoon and buy um, some washing powder and pay my credit card. 
yeah, well, if, if the warehouse thought it was a good idea to get into banking, but some of these retail brands might. If you've got a trusted brand, um, the actual transactional part and where you, where you get the fees for handling the transactions isn't that hard to manage. Um, and, and the big money stuff out the other end would be handled by wholesale banks. So, you know, um, you could you could have um, yeah, a number of players uh, actually handling the, um, you know, offering you the app that does your banking and charging the fees. Well, um, and and, um, and the would... fact is, could could I also, Liam, really quickly, because I've got to go, but if the, could I actually just ring up ANZ and say, actually, by the way, I want to go to BNZ, swap my stuff over tomorrow? Yeah, I think that would be a, a, a lot easier to set up. It would be things would be set up for that to happen uh, a lot, lot more easily. Absolutely. Thank you very much, as always. Always a pleasure. That's uh, Liam Dan, the New Zealand Herald's business editor at large. Inside word on all things business in the capital. With Quinovic. Better systems, better reporting, better call. Quinovic. 0800 Quinovic.